No, no. All right. I'm gonna trade you two sheep for that wood Tell me, honey, does that sound good? Cause all I really wanna do Is take away longest road from you, yeah Welcome to these tabletop sessions Welcome to the, welcome to the, welcome to these tabletop sessions Hello fellow gregarious geeks and gamers. Welcome to the 26th episode of the Tabletop Sessions podcast, where we talk about all things tabletop related that have been occupying the hearts and minds of this international group of gamers over the course of the last three weeks. My name is Elias, and with me this week, it's three, three, and three, who vulture on their asses together to form a Rombi Cubocktahedron. Say hi, guys. Um... Hi, I'm Dima. Hello, Ipo here. And I'm Byron. And that was a really weird intro that I don't understand. Gosh, guys, don't you guys know anything about like, like fancy mathematics? <laughs> <laughs> like Archimedean shapes and shit? Come on, man. I, I expect better of you. I just Googled Voltron. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that, that was the part he didn't understand. <laughs> He's like, Rambi Cube Octahedron? Got that. Voltron? <laughs> yeah, what the fuck is Voltron? Is it a, a Transformer? It's when these little lions form together to make this big lion, and it's a robot. A Rambo Octahedron is three cubed in a form of an actual shape, which is 27 sides. However, only 26 of which are visible. So therefore... You're a rumble octahedron. Wow. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I'm the 27th Tot side. This is episode 26. Totally oh, got that. Yeah. <laughs> I just... Uh, I'm pretty sure our listeners will understand it, Elias. <laughs> <laughs> you try finding a nice way to connect this fucking shit to episode 26. <laughs> you have any idea how little interesting things there are about the number 26? <laughs> you clearly haven't been watching the old people play bingo. <laughs> Yes, I think they would have got that one better. No, you're right. The first thing that came to my mind was a rumbo rumbiku. <laughs> the rumbo what? <laughs> oh shit, shit. Oh man. The rumbicuba octahedron. <laughs> I said it. I said it. Oh. Try saying it again, Ipo. Rumbicuba octahedron. <laughs> So we watched videos about it, and Elias showed me no, an explanation no, no, of no, the number that, 26. That was a rhombidecahedron. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, got it. Jeez, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Get your hedron straight. Is this a course of like one of those websites like FutureLearn? Or... It's like the effects of quarantine. <laughs> so speaking of weird shapes... <laughs> we, oh, <that> <laughs> we, re we recently played Sorcerer City. Um, it is published by Druid City Games. It was published this year, 2020, designed by Scott Caputo, who also designed Voluspa. The artists are Lena Cosette, David Keg, and Damien Mamoliti. So the reason why... I related it to building is it's, it's sort of a real time tile laying game where you build structures like you're supposed to connect the tiles together to build structures. 
And um, basically, the theme is that we are sorcerers. Or to be more specific, we are wizard architects, which is so weird. I've never heard of <laughs> So we're trying to build the most influential, magical, and rewarding city. Rewarding in terms of money and VPs. It's a tile laying game, real time. You have two minutes to place these tiles into... Um, like to score basically so the tiles have four colors on them purple for magic red for influence yellow representing money and green representing vp points so like the color that each tile has a different it can either have one color or several colors on each tile and then you can choose to connect the colors to score or not connect the colors and not score. Then not score. <laughs> <laughs> You're just as confused during those two minutes trying to put it together. <laughs> Can I ask something? I mean, so, is, this, yeah. is this the theme of the game? I mean, the, you are, it sounded to me that this is a city building, but they wanted also the fans of uh, D&D. So let's put some wizards there. Maybe these people will buy it too. I, I felt like, okay, I'll tell you my thoughts later. But what I liked about this game is at the end of, the build phase you can choose to commit your pure magic to one of three options you can commit it to adding more influence to your influence track which allows you to um, be the first in purchasing tiles but also you get to score victory points and get a reward you can also commit your pure magic to money getting more money and that'll allow you to buy more valuable tiles to add to your deck and you can commit it to victory points okay so the thing is you have three cards a red card a yellow card and a green card and then you all secretly choose what you're committing to so if at the end of the build phase you're the highest on the influence track for example someone might commit their purple their pure magic to influence and then surpass you and then they'll get the tiles you want to buy or they'll get the rewards or the points etc so that part in trying to convince others that they should go for money or they should spend on victory points the part that elias uh, really wow. takes advantage of in the game and yeah. <laughs> i feel like he duped kevin a couple of times kevin had like 30 magic and 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 elias convinced him to put it into influence which is ri ridiculous because you'll just be first but like oh my gosh you, if he committed it to vps <laughs> he could have gotten 30 VPs. Like usually at the end, just to give you guys an idea, at the end of the rounds, we usually had between 5 and 15. <laughs> so the fact that he spent it on influence that he already had anyway. But wait, um, Dima, did you talk to Kevin? Yeah. Did I what? Did, did you try and like warn him that this yes. is what Elias is doing to him? As soon as Elias, it was such, the second time was such a quick conversation. I couldn't even keep up. And then they're like, okay, Elias, like, let's play our cards. And then we played. And when I saw what Kevin played, I was like, what? You believed Elias? <laughs> and the reason why I didn't inter interfere is because I was third. Like, I was last. And they were sort of fighting for first and second, and I, I didn't really care. Uh. So the reason why I didn't win the second game, and one of the things that I don't like about this game is that the tiles you can purchase are not very well balanced. So 
some of the expensive tiles have two shields on them. And like I said before, shields are what allow you to score on your build for money, influence, etc. So some tiles have two shields on them. And that really doubles, triples, can double or triple your score in a specific thing you're scoring. And so if you get that tile in the beginning of the game and no other double shield tile is revealed for other players to buy, then it sort of makes like them stagger a bit. If you can influence the person who has multiple <laughs> double shield tiles, then you can win. Yeah, you cannot, you cannot <laughs> criticize a game just because you lost in a certain way. <laughs> the thing is, I won the first time by like double their points. Oh. Like I got 130 something and they got 80. So it's overpowered. So I would recommend this as a medium light, fun game with enough strategy to bring you back for another go. So the monsters, at the end of every year, they introduce a new monster into your deck. So each person has the same monster and... That monster, once you reveal it, when you're building your district, has a certain ability. So like the dragon will kill any tile it touches immediately. Um, the goblin will... You have to remove two yellow tiles. Uh, are they helpful or... Like my first tile was a shield. The second tile I drew was a dragon. And the dragon kills the tile from the game. So I literally removed a scoring tile from the game. So I I purchased the kill a monster tile. The problem is you have to kill the monster during the build. So you have to remember while you're building to also kill the monster you want to build. And I just I always forgot. It was the most useful useless purchase ever. So it was overall a really fun game and that was Sorcerer City. Speaking of games about monsters, this game doesn't have any. <laughs> <laughs> the game I'm going to be talking about is Teotihuacan, City of Gods, published by NSKN Games in 2018. This game is designed by Danielle Taschini, who co-designed Zulkin and Voyages of Marco Polo. And the art is by Odysseus Stamoglu. Odysseus Stamoglu! Yeah! Greek guy. I'm assuming what, what, he's what Greek. Yeah. <laughs> it's set in a sort of mayan era i think it's the mayans your whole goal in the game is to score victory points just like every other worker placement kind of game except you don't have workers you have dice and the dice move around the board in a clockwise manner and as they move around your year moves and that is your timer so the game has its own timer mechanism in that the game will end after a certain amount of time after three rounds the game ends so you can try and score as many points as you can in those three rounds. What's nice about the game is there's so many different ways to score. What I like about it is that you only have three dice. And as you move around the board, you level up those dice to from a, from a number one to a number two to a number three. And that doesn't always matter, but sometimes it does. And my only question for Ippo when, when he talks about the game is going to be, does he think more more workers is better or more workers is not better? Because I'm torn. I tend to like having three workers instead of getting the optional fourth worker out of the dice pool. I have never uh, acquired the fourth worker. The thing is, in the game, uh, if you go to a location where another worker of yours is there, uh, you get some extra resources some, or some extra ability so you can do more things. If you have 
even more work. If you have three workers at the same uh, area, you can do even more things. So by having more workers, probably it's going to make your life easier in that way. But at the same time, you're not going to be able to upgrade your workers because every time only one, only the worker that is doing the action is upgraded. So roughly how the game works is everyone's got their set of workers in certain locations around the map. And every turn you'll move one worker, your, the next player will move one worker and so and so goes around and around until the end of round is triggered. What I don't like about that is you can't control your actions well enough. So you can be planning ahead a great turn and someone, oh, because they've done enough actions and I guess it's a scoring round now and now you have to pay pay upkeep for your workers and you can't do it because you just spent it all. No, come on, that's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> you, yeah, otherwise it would be like chess. I mean, you could... But yeah, you need, you need to interact with other players. I mean, it's a good thing. Well, the, the, it does have a lot of player interaction in that if you move your dice to a location where another player is already there doing the action, you have to pay more to do your actions. So there's already that interact that that whole aspect of the game. So to try and understand this game for those who have never played it, your worker action spots do various things. Some let you build the temple. Some let you move along an avenue of the dead track and get more points. Some let you get resources. Some let you get technologies. But the whole point of the game is really to build your temple, to worship the, your your gods, and score before the end of the end of the season after the third eclipse. Which brings me to the part that I, I really don't like. You're trying to do so many things, and you got to remember a lot of rules, and the board does not help you. That board art is very <laughs> overcrowded. So you are accusing my fellow Greek uh, artist. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna say Odysseus. He's done an excellent work regarding the gra <laughs> the graph. <laughs> wait, 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 wait for it. Regarding the graphic design, I mean, if you look at every area and you have played once the game, then you can understand exactly what's going on and what you can do. But uh, regarding the art, the art is one of the worst I have <laughs> seen. I mean, you can look on the board and say, no, I don't want to play that game. I don't really like it. I mean, yep. it's just... Uh, it's just so many symbols going around and it's not pretty, I'm going to say. The graphic design is nice in the way that you can understand what's going on, even by knowing a little of the game. But at the same time, if you look at the board, it's ugly. <laughs> it's, it's crowded, yeah. Like it's overwhelming with images everywhere. Okay, the guy had a very difficult task. Because as Byron said, there's so many things going on and so many ways to get points. And he needed to put all these things in the game. At the same time, the game is very easy. If you think about it, it's just yeah. nine areas, nine spaces, where you, your workers are going around clockwise always. And every turn, you can only move one of your workers one to three spaces. The board is the rundown. Yeah, you can say that, yeah. It's like a huge rondel. I, I think you'll like it. I like it more than Zulkin. I, and I liked Zulkin. I've only played Zulkin twice, but both times I had a good time playing it. I like this more in that it's not as complicated or confusing once you know the rules. Interesting. How, how long would you say it takes to explain the rules of this game? 
uh 20 to 30 minutes i want to see you doing it in 20 minutes <laughs> <laughs> okay it depends who, who i'm teaching him to i mean i i taught i taught ipo i taught kevin i taught one or two other players um i'm not i'm not as bad as elias where he gets phone calls from people overseas asking to explain rules i'm not that good at explaining rules <laughs> <laughs> yeah i played it two players three players four players definitely better at four but honestly building the temple is the most fun i have in the game i just want to say i i agree with uh, byron that it's better than zolkin wow so at the same time again in board game arena we were playing rallyman gt this uh, last four or five weeks we have played this game a lot a lot is like over 30 plays <laughs> <laughs> you can actually say that uh, the, the game it's so easy to play in board game arena and i want to say that the components are amazing that uh, I have never seen them, but you know, the, sc <laughs> the screen, in the screen, they look fantastic. Actually, it's the fourth racing game that uh, I have played. I have played before Formula Day, Grand Prix and Downforce. It's uh, one of the same regarding that uh, the track is uh, two or three lanes where you uh, have spaces that you want to move your car. And the difference is the gameplay. First of all, it's a uh, one to six player game. You have to, in order, in order to play the game, the game uses different types of dice and each die is a gear of your car. So in order, to, in order to move your car, you place gears in the spaces in front of your car, making a path. The rule of the game is that you can only shift one gear up or one gear down without a penalty. So in, in front of you, you can place, let's say, gear one, then two, then three, then four, five, six in this sequence. Also, in every turn of the track, there is an upper gear limit. So if you go in a turn, maybe the gear limit is two. So in this uh, turn, you need to go down to gear two. Otherwise, you're going to spin off. Those two things make every turn a small puzzle to solve because you need not only to think how am I going to get in the turn with the right gear, but... Also, sometimes in order to overlap other cars, you need to have an equal or higher gear when you are next to them. So things are getting even more complicated. Add to that that in every space you move, you need to roll the die you place there and see if you rolled a danger triangle. So now I placed my dice and now I want to move one space. So I roll the die I placed in, my, in the first spot. Uh, if I rolled one triangle, I just note, take a note that I rolled a triangle, a danger triangle. If you roll three danger tri triangles in the same turn, you spin off and you lose one turn. At any point, though, you can stop rolling dice. And that's the idea of the game. I mean, there is some luck, but at the same point, it's your decision to keep pushing your luck or stop. Except, except for the one mode, Ippo, where... You don't push your luck. You roll all your dice at once. The flat out. The flat out. The flat out is a special uh, occasion where you can roll all, I don't know, five, six, eight dice you have placed on your path and uh, bet that you're not going to roll uh, three danger triangles. Okay, just to understand, you guys do one movement per, per person per turn? So, so how it like really works, Dima, is... You have your six gears, which are your six dice, and you plan mm -hmm. where, where, which gear you're going to be in and which spot to move forward. 
So if you want to okay. move six spaces ahead, you use all six dice. Your one and okay. two dice only have one danger symbol. Your three, four, five, six dice have two danger symbols. So there's more mm -hmm. likelihood that you're going to get more danger in your higher gears. But you need to go for in your higher gears, otherwise you're not going anywhere. Yeah. You can't only move three You'll spaces be last a turn. Anyway. Yeah, so yeah. in your in your turn you have make your path with this six gear, and then you start rolling your uh, dice. At any point you can stop and then you pass the turn to the next player. Got it. That's the idea. Also, by rolling, uh, as Byron said before, by doing the flat out where you roll all the dice at the same time, uh, you earn focus tokens. So these focus tokens uh, let you later move without rolling the die. So you spend these focus tokens instead of rolling the die, you just move. But they get more and more expensive. So your first dice will cost one token. Your second dice costs two tokens. Now you've spent three. Your third dice costs another four. And it gets it gets higher and higher. So sometimes you I've, sp I've spent 13 to secure one dice. The game, this, this encourages you to play all these focus tokens in the same turn. Because as Byron says, it's, yeah, it's one plus two plus three plus four. And it goes like this. How do you feel the impact of strategy versus luck there's a lot of strategy in this game surprisingly so uh, luck obviously has a huge aspect um in that you have to roll your dice but you can stop so you can negate your luck factor but strategy wise you can stop one space ahead of someone in a in two gear two gear higher and then they cannot pass you so they lose their next turn i'm i'm, I'm putting it in the middle in the middle between strategy and I'm, go I'm gonna say it's thematically correct the point of luck that you need in this game in the sense that if you are Michael Schumacher you're not gonna win all the races so if you're really the best and if you're really such a better driver as Michael Schumacher was <laughs> you're gonna win most of the time but not always okay so I like this aspect of the game I mean the, the luck is there and it's it's, yeah. it's the amount of luck that you need in such a game to give other players a chance yeah I mean, I've I've seen it happen where Ippo's rolled a one, his one dice gets a hazard, his two dice gets a hazard, his three dice gets a hazard, and now he's lost his turn, and he hasn't done anything wrong. Like he's okay, so I'm gonna tell you how I feel like that. I hate it, and everybody hates it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's a good thing that you ha that everybody hates it because then you are reminded that you don't want this to happen again. Yeah. So the next time you're gonna have a two danger triangles already in your head you, you're gonna remember that yeah time. you're gonna think twice before rolling the, that die Ippo raced ahead in the one game and then he spun out and then the next turn he spun out and we just passed him and he came dead last and yeah and there's and you could just see him struggling in the corner because there's nothing he could do he did everything theoretically correct like no no i did i didn't do everything correct i, I could have stopped right yeah what i like about this game is that it's very competitive so if you're looking for for a game to play with your friends and you want the, to feel that competition, this game has it. I find, though, that Downforce is better in that you're engaged more of the time in Downforce. Whereas Rally Man, you've done your turn, now you just got to wait 20 minutes till it comes back to you. I wanted to say that the game has different cars you can play with. So every car has a different set of dice. So you can play with GT5 or GT6, let's say like something like Formula 1 or Formula 2000 or something like that. Uh, the game has 30 or more different tracks you, that you can play, all created with the, the same hexagons. Oh, nice. Provided by the yep, game. It's very modular. The game has dynamic weather changes where all of a sudden 
there is a rain coming and now you need to remove your, uh, you need to change tires because otherwise you're losing some of your dice and things like that. I want to say that the game is excellent as a medium light fun game. For me, it's better for with five or six player, the more the merrier maybe. Yeah. I don't know if you agree on that. No, I fully agree. Even if the downtime is more, uh, I feel that uh, the level of uh, uh, the competition is higher and it uh, makes uh, less space in the track for the cars to uh, overlap each other. So it makes more fun. Yeah. Uh, your turn is, I think it's, you can say it's short. So the gameplay helps to have many overlappings, which is a good thing because right now I'm last, but maybe after three turns, I'm going to be third or something like that. And it's really fun. It's really fun. It's especially as a not heavy game to play with your friends uh, over uh, Board Game Arena, over Skype. Do you think that your success with you and your friends playing this game on Board Game Arena will translate to the tabletop version? Or are you just really enjoying these solo runs, etc.? Because the game does so much for you and takes away a lot of the fiddly. No, I just said that uh, it's going to be a great game if you can have five or six players. If you think that you can have, hold a board game night with such a number, it's great. But I think if you are four players or more than six, you have a problem. I definitely only want to play it with five or six players. I'd never want to play it really with less. But it is a game I actually do want myself to own. So okay, so you want the physical version? You don't think it'll be too fiddly? No, there'll be it'll be a bit fiddly. Like online, you can move the dice, so you don't have to actually physically do that in person. Like street, rich cross, put dice over here, put dice over there, put dice over there. Other than that, it's I don't think it'll be irritating. And you can you can make your own tracks. I mean, if you don't, yeah, you can just put, redesign the track. Oh, you don't like that bend? Cool, just swap out some yeah. tiles. So whereas online, you have to use the pre-built tracks. I'm assuming. Yeah. Uh, so if you want to play like a long track you can make a long track or if you don't have enough time you can play a shorter one that's cool I just want to say one last thing um, uh, I tried to to organize it I, I love this game uh, I tried to organize a tournament in two different groups of people in uh, board game arena and in both cases half the people they were not really so much into this in order to have the dedication to play a full tournament of like, I don't know, six tracks where we... But you, but you always ruin games by doing that. Yeah, so don't, so, don't listen to oppose on this no, one. Yeah, no, like no. You, don't, you, don't, you don't have to play a full tournament, guy. <laughs> yes, th th that's what I'm saying. You don't have to play a full tournament, but, but my experience is that half of the players wanted to play a full tournament, like me, okay? I, I'm not saying that's the best, but for me, I like it, I want to do it. I know, but you remember how you ruined Expedition Northwest Passage for everybody by making a tournament out of it. And literally, you were the only one that wanted to do that. Nobody else was interested. Exactly. And you you invited us to all these games. And now I haven't touched the game in two years because I, I just think about what you did. And it just <laughs> ruins the whole experience for me. So, so, you need so, to find the right people. So, fuck you, <laughs> so, so, that's, so, that's it. What? Okay, so so you avoided going to the Northwest Passes. It's it's pretty, <laughs> it's pretty cold out there. Don't, don't do that. You're already in Toronto. You don't you're not going to go north. A ask your fellow Canadians. Nobody wants to go there. Uh. <laughs> We've been playing a game quite a few times as well. So um, there's a game called Too Many Bones, which is by Chip Theory Games, and I've always wanted be just because of how it looks and the miniature like the. the it, it, the game, all their games use poker chips, like really weighted casino poker chips. 
and like uh, neoprene, which Ipo hates, but I love. Um, <laughs> and it's, uh, and it, 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 I've always wanted to play it. However, the price point of entry has always been very high for me, for a game that I might not like considering it's a game about dice rolling. So at some point, I backed the Kickstarter for Too Many Bones Undertow. However, I couldn't get it shipped to me in Qatar, so I had it shipped to my brother-in-law in Montreal. And since moving here, he drove up here before the corona thing happened, and he gave us, uh, finally brought all the stuff that we had shipped to his house. So since then, Deem and I have been playing it a lot. I backed the Too Many Bones Undertow, and I also got the third extra character, which is Gasket, the Steam Bot. And um, we played it a few times. We played all the characters multiple times except one, the most complicated character, Stanza. How many characters and are there? Only, oh, it's only two in the base box and one uh, expansion. If you get all the stuff, there's more than like 12 or 13 characters. But um, what I have currently is the three that were being offered in the Undertow Kickstarter. Okay. So the game is published by Chip Theory Games in 2018, designed by Adam and Josh Carlson who are Chip Theory Games and who designed the, the Hoplomachus series and Cloudspire, as well as Triplock Byron, which um, I know you enjoyed a lot, so you get an idea of the quality of the components. Um, the artist was also Josh Carlson, Melanie Lavely, and Anthony Letourneau. So the basic idea of the game is they describe it as a dice-building role-playing game, RPG. So you have your character, which has all these potential growths that could happen. Your character is represented by a poker chip, but you have a beautiful neoprene mat that has these die cuts all over them. And what you're going to do is, over the course of the game, as you develop new skills, you're going to be adding new dice or enhancing skills on certain skill paths. So for example, you might enhance your healing ability, or you might enhance your, depending on the character that you're playing, but they have way cooler names than that. And each one is specific to each person. Or you might enhance the blade that you're using by, by developing. So think of it as D&D. Oh, exactly. You've yeah. leveled up. You get a couple of extra points to go up. And you're going to boost your decks by plus two or whatever. So that, that's, that's what you can compare it to. The, what you're doing is basically going on these adventures. So you're these things called gear locks, which are little gnome-like creatures, which have a... A love of tinkering with stuff, <laughs> so they like building things and 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 messing with like genetics and they're fantastic. So they're, they're it's a great fantasy world, and you're going up against a tyrant. So every time you play, you're fighting a new tyrant. This game, Undertow alone, comes with five tyrants. The base game has seven tyrants, and then there's an expansion that has another five tyrants. So there's a bunch of tyrants you can play, and the tyrants are like the big bad guy, and it also sort of shows you like they have their own ai system and so on and then on the way you're going to be experiencing baddies and baddies are different kinds of you know mechs apes <laughs> can i can i just say i love that they're called baddies they are called baddies that's yeah. the real name <laughs> that's the actual name of the may game. i ask baddies. the tyrants is it one per game is it like a campaign game you can do a campaign they have rules for a campaign which is a set of three tyrants and then as you defeat each one, you gain certain abilities. You actually gain their tyrant die that you can now use as part of your character. Oh, I like that. However, um, we haven't played the campaign because we don't really do campaigns much. So, um, What do you mean? So, I mean, <laughs> me and Dima don't like campaigns. Really? So, uh, fuck off, Ipo. <laughs> wait, wait, why not? I mean, what's the problem with the campaign? 
And you don't want the to... The campaign requires you to continue. But, the, like, so... Something like Gloomhaven makes sense to me to do as a campaign. Because the story is built to be a campaign. But connecting three baddies together and calling it a campaign... Okay. It's not a campaign. Like, I could play three different guys in three nights. Fair enough. And I would probably have just as good a time rather than committing myself to this campaign and feeling like I never completed it. Oh. So, because yeah. we would definitely die. Because yeah. <laughs> it's not, it's not, it's not you are completionists. So, so the, com <laughs> the components in this game are extraordinary, as all chip theory games are. Heavy poker chips, gorgeous neoprene mats. The dice are beautiful. And they're like plastic injected into it so they can never rub off forever. So you, no matter what you do, which is, which is quite amazing because there's a lot of details on those, on those dice. Um, it's just a beautiful like, game to just touch and play. It just came to and my mind, you, you know, a nuclear war movie. Everything is flat. I mean, there's no earth anymore. And there's only this, <laughs> this dice <laughs> survived. <laughs> It probably would survive a nuclear. <laughs> <laughs> They're the nicest dice I've ever seen. Colorful. I've ever played with. I've ever played with. And it, so, it will be amazing on a neoprene mat, right? <laughs> <laughs> so the, what you're doing in the game, as I said, the main thing you're doing is leveling up your character and developing your character. However, you're, you're constantly taking encounter cards and making a decision as a group. There's some mini games along the way. There's a literal like lock picking game to unpick, to, to open certain kinds of trove loot that you can do. Um, but at the end of the day, the game is very much a dice rolling game. So you look at me and you say, Elias, one, you're shit at rolling dice. Two, you hate dice rolling games. So why are we bothering with this? And I will answer that now. So there's a ton of luck in the game. There is luck in the game. However, one very cool thing about this game is basically on every side of a dice, there's either something positive you can do to help your character. The other thing that you can roll is a bone, which is a miss, okay? But whenever you roll bones, they go into something called a backup track. And you can, at any point during the combat, expend those bones to do something cool from your backup track. But the more you have, the better your backup plan is. So if I only miss one and I roll one bone, maybe I can spend the bone to, like, bump up my defense by one. But if I have, you know, five, I can spend that to, like, do something massive that's going to change the shape of the game. So sometimes when you roll bones, you're like, oh, that's great. Like... <laughs> Yeah. That, that helps me out. So, what are you, so unlike what, what other are you rolling games where... Too many bones? <laughs> yeah, that, that's why it's called that, yes. The, it, it, the game is... I mean, the game humor is extraordinarily stupid. <laughs> it's, it's childish. <laughs> but it's fun. Like, there's a there's literally, like, a card called Banana Nanas. <laughs> like, you feel like it's a PG thirteen game. And there, there's a there's a card called Jungle Spear, and when you read the bottom, it has the lyrics from Welcome to the Jungle, and it says you can bring your enemies down to their knees. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, yeah, it's not like, but so, Dima, sorry, you were saying something about the dice roll. Yeah, like unlike most games where a a bad dice roll means something bad is gonna happen to you, this game. It, you still get a reward even though you don't roll well so you can't attack with your dice roll 
it still gives you a certain ability that you can do. It's not wasted Agreed. or bad. Agreed. So that's the brilliant thing about this game is that dice rolls give you bones and bones go into your backup plan and they can really help you out of a tight spot. So you're not pissed off when you roll. Uh, it, it might not let you do what you wanted to do, but that's the great part of the game is it gives you another way out of the situation. So it, it's all about changing. The game, the main game, forget the baddies. They're cool. They're awesome. They do all sorts of things. Sometimes they're clumsy and they hit themselves. Sometimes uh, they're, they, they're, they're so hardy you can't take any life off of them except one per round. Sometimes they call more baddies onto the battlefield. They're very intelligent. It's great. Um, and forget the tyrants, even though they're super cool. And like one of the tyrants we played was on a raft and like friggin' like tentacles were sticking out on either side and we had to chop down the tentacles. Very cool. Also forget them. The main point of this game are the gear locks. Because every time you play this game with a new character, you're playing a completely different game. Completely different. So, like, the standard character that comes in the game, her name is um, uh, Duster. <laughs> her name is Duster. And she's a wolf friend, and she has a cool-ass she-wolf that hangs out with her called Nightshade. And Duster is a pretty straightforward, like, rogue character. So she does a lot of poisoning. She can disappear and become untargetable. But she can also develop her she-wolf. So the she-wolf becomes stronger and stronger over the course of the game. And the she-wolf is very cool because the she-wolf only enters battle when Duster is hurt. So if Duster is playing so well that she's not hurt, her most powerful piece never enters the game. I like the story. But if she gets hurt, but if she gets hurt uh, Nightshade jumps into battle and like, fuck shit. <laughs> and, and the nice thing is, like, for Duster, for example, every person has specific things they can do like she uses poison she uses dust to disappear it's it's very like her character yeah it's literally a character i yeah. like that but also importantly about someone like um so it's thematic in regards to the characters but is it absolutely so absolutely but is it a thematic game otherwise oh yeah yeah incredibly so incredibly so but forgetting all that now that's duster so oh that, that's the main thing i want to talk about which is if Dima plays Duster versus I play Duster versus Kevin played Duster, which has happened, we all build a different Duster because there's no way you're going to get everything in her skill pool. So maybe you're focusing, Dima focused more on developing her Vibroblade, right? Which was the main weapon. Ipo, um, Kevin went with D-cells, which give like a shock when she hits people. Or maybe you can focus just on the wolf and get the wolf to be really powerful. So when the wolf enters battle, it's the most powerful unit on the field. So there, there's all sorts of different ways to develop Duster or all the characters, and you're never going to do all of them. So that's just one of them. I wanted to be quick on them. But like the other character that comes in the base game, her name is Stanza. Stanza is so complicated. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I absolutely adore her. So Stanza is a bard, and she plays songs. But the cool thing is basically you're unlocking the song. So she's learning new songs while she's upgrading her skills. And when you start battle, you, you get to put the songs into your active slots, right? But every turn, you must progress to the next section of the song, or you have to drop the song. So, But it requires an incredible amount of focus to hold multiple songs in your head at the same time and play them at the same time. So you also have to upgrade your focus and your dexterity. So stanza is what you would call, Byron, you'll get this, 
and a MOBA you'd call her a carry. So Stanza starts off the game, she's incredibly weak, right? So she's starting off in the beginning of the song, maybe she's giving a plus one health buff to her teammates. But if you can carry Stanza into round five, she'll do like four true damage to everyone next to her and like kill half the baddies on the board. But you have to keep her alive that long. And she's like a constantly, think of her like a waterfall. Like you just, everything has to constantly keep moving with her. You have to keep either upgrading the songs or dropping the songs or putting the songs on hold, but there's no way to just have the same strategy from round to round. She will change because the songs are changing. And so she's tremendously different from Duster. The third character we played is Gasket. Gasket is a steam bot. He's kind of awesome, but, but he leaks water <laughs> throughout the battle. So if, if you get to the point where you don't have enough water in Gasket, he's just going to freeze on the battlefield and, and rust up. So like, you're managing his water supply <laughs> while this is happening. You could also program him, which lets you do more stuff per turn. But when you program him, you don't have a choice. You must do those programmed actions. So you can do more actions, but then you might end up healing your enemies and hurting your friends. <laughs> yeah, like the program actions are free actions. So you, you want to do them because you don't have to commit dexterity to them but then you have to do them so if if that ta action rolls giving more life to somebody ne adjacent to gasket then if there's a baddie next to him you have to heal the baddie so it's i it's, really it's like very cool. yeah, it, yeah you feel like it's so real gasket has this thing where he can cut or he can gut <laughs> or, and he has like a Mortal Kombat move where he can get grab, over here. Yeah, like he has this chain that you throw to an enemy, a baddie that's two to three spaces away, and then you can pull him towards you. Yeah, like get over here. It's so, so good. So all you want to do in this game is play more and more gear locks because every gear lock is completely different. So let me tell you something. This game is pure fun. Don't play this game for the strategy. Even the story, like it's good, there's story, but this game is just, if you want to just have fun and do crazy shit on the battlefield and build your character and try to learn your character, it's so fun. It, it's not the best game I've ever played, but I might say it's the most fun game I've ever played, which says a lot about a game. Um, so to put it like to, a quote from Kevin, who played the game with us last time, because he's staying with us. That's why we've mentioned him so much. If you have a dungeon master, he said that if you had a dungeon master that was more focused on the mechanics of D&D &D than on the storytelling, this game could easily upgrade them and not just upgrade them, but be an upgrade to them. <laughs> so if, like, it does the, the role-playing game thing really well and the, the skill-based thing and the upgrading your character really well. Um, I have like, I would call this game like a romping good time. <laughs> you know how people review movies and they call, you know, it's a romping good time. That's how I would describe this game. My cons are it might frustrate players who want to know everything that's going on because there's no way you're going to understand all the gear locks. Like I taught all three gear locks in a three player game and I had no idea what they were doing. I just have to trust that they're playing their gear locks properly. Because, like I said, each gear lock is a different game, and you can't be in the right mindset to play your gear lock while thinking about 
how duster or, or gasket would work, you know? And there's still a significant luck aspect. It's definitely made easier by bones, by giving you backup plans. But if you'd be upset because the thing you originally planned didn't work, then you might be upset at this game. <laughs> it's also very expensive. I think it's justified based on the fact that it's the best components I've ever used, but it's an extremely expensive game. That being said, How much is I'm it? about to drop... I'm about to drop... I paid $80 for this, but it's it's just three characters again, so it wasn't a lot. But to put it frankly for you, I'm about to drop like 300 bucks and get everything for this game. Wow. Because... Because I really like the gear locks. Like I, all I want to do is play different gear locks. When I look at what gear locks I don't have, and I realize there's a guy who can build machines called Tink. I want to play Tink. There's four guys you play together called the Lab Rats. They're all weak, but it's like <laughs> a tag team. You're playing all four of them, and like I want to know how that works. There's a character called Dart, where she, her her board is double sided, and you literally pick up. Her player board with the dice still in it because they lock in place and turn it over and she becomes dangerous dart for a turn and <laughs> using all the opposite sides of the dice. Like there's so much different stuff in this game that you just want to be like, oh, I want to play the other characters because that's a completely different experience. So if you're absolutely not into the idea of things not going your way because of dice or if you're price sensitive, or if you want to know everything that's happening, don't play this game. Otherwise, fantastic time. Top game. I can't wait to collect everything. Plus, they have a super cool box coming out that has, like, magnets and shit in it. And <laughs> it looks so cool. And you can put everything in that box. I think it's amazing. Wouldn't play the game with Ippo. Doesn't seem like his kind of game because a game like uh, Tales of the Raven Knights, he just hated it because there was luck in the game. And then um, I would 100% play the game with Byron because I think Byron would really get into the spirit of the game and he would have a really good time for what it is. So I recommend this game if you're the right kind of player. So 100%, check it out. Fucking too many bones. <laughs> so good. Um, and I would add that although for me, games with dice rolling and combat are a deterrent for me, especially without a storyline attached to it. This game was so special in that you get really into the battle and you get, I don't know, it's like you relate to the character. You feel like you're this person and there is no such thing as attack. It's not just short range, long range attack. It's They name the different attacks you're doing and so it really helps you picture the battle in your mind and create like a mental image of the battle that's happening. And that really made the game for me. So even though there's no written storyline, it, it felt like an adventure and it was it like it brought so many cool stories with it. So I would definitely recommend it, like Elia said, for fun and a good adventure. That that describes Gearlocks in a nutshell: fun and a good adventure. <laughs> <laughs> so that was too that was too many bones. And now, folks, after that long, long time, it's time for a little bit of relief. Blow off some smoke. Blow some smoke. 
<laughs> up your ass. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for the gay show of the week, baby! Yay! Yay! Okay, I'm the only one cheering. No, he put you. Uh, okay. I went woohoo! Come on. <laughs> All my fans here were cheering. After all the cards are tucked in their boxes. And the meeples packed in between. Friends at the start now, enemies Reminds me of the silver screen Welcome to Sing This Game! That's not what it's called. So you guys are going to each sing a song. Not what we're doing! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm down, let me do it. I just want to see the looks on their faces when I said you need to sing a song. <laughs> I'm ready. Okay, the truth is this week it's welcome to remind me of the silver screen. Reminds. Welcome to <laughs> reminds me of the silver screen. <laughs> Game rules. I prepared two games for each of you. And you're going to try to make the other players guess the game. Oh, no. Naming <laughs> movies oh, or yay. TV series. I, I have to rely on these people. <laughs> I did so terribly in the last episode, and now I'm going to do it again. <laughs> so, so, for example, if my movie is... Game. If my game... <laughs> sorry, I lost my notes. For example... If my game is Telestrations, and I wanted you guys to guess it, my first clue might be Girl with a Pearl Earring. And nobody would know what you're talking about. Okay. If yeah, somebody I would not guesses, those two. Okay. If somebody <laughs> guesses the game from the first clue, then you, as the clue giver and the guesser, both get three points. Woohoo! Okay. <laughs> Let's say I have to give a second clue. The second clue is the Emoji Movie. This is going to be the worst game show of the week. (laughs) (laughs) Let's say you guys guess it after the second movie. You'll get two points. The clue giver and the guesser. There's no way. Uh... Let's let's say the third movie What's the third movie? Is Frida or Kindergarten Cop. Oh, I got it. Celestrations. Free. Free. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so at this point, as the clue giver, I would get one point and Byron would get one point. Okay, what was okay. the connection between Frida and the Celestrations? Like painting, <laughs> like drawing. <laughs> I mean, you could have gone with Titanic for the I'm, drawing. but I'm so bad. For drawing Titanic? Guys, what? guys, guys. <laughs> okay. So Picasso, just, Picasso, the movie. <laughs> let's all remember Eugenio and his mistake with Spyfall. Try not to use any words in the name of the movie that match the title of the game. Oh shoot. Clear? Yeah, it's clear. clear. Okay. Elias, I just sent you your first game. Start with your first clue. Gents, my first clue is Rome. Hannibal and Hamilcar. 
the game that I have. Uh, Trojan. Whoa! Elias and Byron get three points each. Oh, that was nice. Okay. Uh, this is how I thought it would go, by the way. What was Byron getting? What was the name of the of the movie Rome? No, she said movie or TV show. So I picked the HBO TV show. Oh, you could have even said Gladiator, and I would have probably still picked Trojan. I could have said Gladiator. I went with Rome because you know. It's uh, you wouldn't say like Spartacus or something. Byron, you're next. I just sent you your board game. Okay, the movie. Oh, can I say if it's a movie or do I have to say if it's a movie or TV it's show? It's fine. No, no, it's just fine. just say the name. Yeah, but make sure you don't use the words that are in the game title. Alien. Nemesis. Nope. Twilight struggle. Uh, Imperium. Sorry, Twilight Imperium. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was like, "What is this? Is this a metaphor for something?" Alien. Um, Battlestar Galactica. Nope. Escape from the outer. He could. He couldn't have used the word alien. Oh yeah. That's an alien. Yeah. Legendary. Nope. Cosmic Encounter. Cosmic Encounter. Zaya. No, no. You got another clue there, buddy. The uh, next movie is Independence Day. Jesus, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Um, um, uh, so it's about an invasion of aliens. <laughs> um, Galactica. I already said Bellstar Galactica. Did? Focus. Okay. <laughs> uh, Star. You guys are gonna h- hit yourselves. XCOM. So you know. No. I- X Wing. No. We were gonna hit ourselves when we know it's his fault. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. No, like you guys have to be considerate of doesn't have to be literal. I mean, he, I didn't think it was literal. Then he said Independence Day. Then it made it super literal. <laughs> I want to say whatever board game stars Will Smith. <laughs> <laughs> no. Are right, you got a third one for us, buddy? Maybe third one not not Alien or Independence. Day. Third one is Gravity. Oh, bro, you're not helping. Living Earth. No. What? Although that would have been a great one for leaving us. Gravwell. No. Fuck you. High Frontier. <laughs> no. <laughs> You're never going to get it. <laughs> People, like, this is weird. Alien. No, a fair, fair power to him. Like, Eclipse. Oh, that would have been an awesome. No. Oh, oh the, I, I, think, I, I, think I think you can't get I think you it. Can, I think you can't yeah. get it. St- uh, Star okay. Star Wars Rebellion. The Star Wars Rebellion. The, ga- the game is Space Alert. <sighs> oh. Do you know you could have got it? If your first clue was like Alien or something, and your second clue was like a Charlie Chaplin movie. Because oh, that's yeah, what I know, I so know like, those so well. No, but like <laughs> if you did like a slapstick movie, like yeah. Duck Soup or something... Then it could have been like, okay, oh, so things falling apart in space. Yeah, the other clue I was thinking of I, Hunt for Red October, like for the alert part. That <laughs> would have helped, yeah. But like just saying independent Independence Day. Come on, you and Ipo, like, no. No, no you guys we just went talked through about space alert space like thirty game. minutes ago. It came I apologize, up. Dima, but you're wrong. You knew it. The difference is he just kept talking <laughs> about aliens. Space alert is like about running a ship, a Soviet ship. <laughs> Like, come on, like, like, Sanford October would have been a great clue. Plus, space. I'm not saying I would have got it at three. Ipo, I like just sent you yours. 
whether they guess this or that, it's the same. I'll I'll count it. Murder on the Orient Express. Mysterium. Ticket to ride. <laughs> um, so about a murder on Orient Express. Isn't that a game called like High Noon Express or something? Nobody said express? express. He said Nobody Express. Nobody Express yeah. Express. Great Western Trail. It can't be mur- it can't be deception, murder in Hong Kong because he said murder. Year of the Dragon. <laughs> Istanbul. (laughs) (laughs) This game sucks. (laughs) Sherlock Holmes consulting detective. Ooh, that's good. Ipo, you got something else for us, baby? (laughs) Yeah, we're going to need you got a clue, too. Second clue. The Darjeeling Limited. You just keep picking trains. It's the same thing he did. He just kept saying space. Pick something, another element of the move of the game and give that clue so we can combine them. Not just space, 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 train, train, train. Anyway, so Darjeeling, <laughs> so I get it. It's about trains. So Ipo, you're doing great. Trains, Darjeeling Limited, Murder on the Orient Express. 1846. Nice. That's terrible. If that's 1830, clue, 18 Lilliput. Let's go through all the 18XX. <laughs> 18XX as a whole. Uh, steam, Age of Steam. Yes! Steampunk. Ding, ding, oh. ding, ding, ding. <laughs> so it really was just about trains. <laughs> And for exactly. some reason, instead of Ticket to Ride, he went with, oh, wait, Ticket to Ride's a game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I need, I need. But you gave two clues, right? I, yeah, yes, I needed clues. trains from the 19th century. So, that, uh, <laughs> so I was trying to think something. Well done, well done. So to be fair, for your clue, it was literally just trains. Trains. <laughs> My idea was to give two clues of trains, so you're gonna be sure that it's about trains. And the third one would be something like steampunk. Yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah, that's, yeah. that's what I went with mine. No, I went, I said <laughs> I went space, space, space. <laughs> <laughs> okay, do I have another one? We're getting yeah. we're getting better. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Are we? Okay, guys, you ready? Of course. Uh, what's it called? <laughs> Only say the name of the movie. I no or, or the show. Really? I forgot what it's called. Um, Lawrence of Arabia. Okay. Medina, the five tribes. Yeah! Oh my god! <laughs> okay, I'll use the one. Thing. <laughs> Why five tribes? Because it's Arab and there were and Lawrence was gathering went around the Arabia? tribes together. Yeah. yeah, he was gathering the tribes together to fight. That was amazing. Well, Byron was amazing. Well done. Yeah, well done, Byron. Yeah. That's why I'm on six points. If only he could be like that with you. <laughs> uh, do we have a second round? No, Dima. That was the second round. You couldn't possibly. No, Dima. Go, go for it. I'm waiting. I'm going to get it. I got you, fam. <laughs> you won't get it. <laughs> I got your back. Okay. So, first movie is Casino Royale. James Bond, the game. Which and wages? <laughs> Which one is good? Um, Las Vegas. Oh, Lords of Vegas. Um, Spyfall. Uh, no, no, no. Maybe something to do with poker chips. Too many bones. Uh, no. uh, I think you need a second clue, Byron. They, they should get it on the second clue. I'm just. Uh, high society. No. Uh, oh, yeah. Rococo. Second clue. A bug's life. Insect. James Bond. <laughs> what what game is there? 
about Actually. insect James Bond. <laughs> what? <laughs> A hive? That's so weird. <sighs> you guys are so close. That's uh, right. Interesting. Very close. What do you mean we're very close? <laughs> we don't feel close. <laughs> I, don't, yeah, I don't feel close at all. Like, um, cockroach poker. Yay! <laughs> oh, I'm. <amazing. laughs> That was, that was great. That was a hard one. Hey, that, that, was, that was fucking Casino Royale. We weren't going to get on Casino Royale. No, I knew, just... we're, I, knew I, I knew I had to lose. I had to lose one. If I went to Bugs Life, Bugs you would be like dominant species. Clue, or... Bugs Life was a fire clue. I'll give you that. Uh, <laughs> the sixth. You got it. Yes, the sixth sense. Mysterium. Mysterium. Yay! <laughs> uh, I said it first. Well, I guess we all get the points. <laughs> what? No, you didn't say it first. I said it first. But we all get the points. How, how would you know if he said it first? I don't there's because lag. there's lag. Exactly. So I you but you know that he I didn't hear him before I said it, correct? Correct. We and and the other way the might be true. Time. So we both said it at the same time. I heard, okay, I heard so. Byron saying it before Elias, to be honest. Oh, suck my well, dick. But, that's my boy. <laughs> But it could be that uh, South Africa is closer to Qatar than Canada, so maybe. <laughs> okay, so if Byron said it first, then there's a tie. If Elias, if they said it at the same time, okay. then Elias wins. Okay, do you guys want to do the tiebreaker? Yeah, why not? Yeah, why not? Okay, I'll give you the clues. Here we go. Not you, Ipo. Not you. Actually, only me. Yeah. You should give one clue just to me. <laughs> that actually makes no, no, because then we're gonna have the same problem again, Ipo. The tiebreaker is between Byron and Elias. Nineteen seventeen. Um, Fields of Despair. No. Um, what other World War One games are there? <laughs> uh, shit, it's um, definitely World War One. Zulus on the Rampart. Uh, it was just before World War One. Ottoman Sunset. U boot. Can I say? Can I say? No. Memoirs forty four. That's wrong word. I know, but uh, maybe Dima made a mistake. Okay, next clue. The trench. Yeah, we get it. It's about trench war. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I said fields of despair. <laughs> I know it. You do? Yeah. Now you can't Google. You can only Google when you're doing movies, Byron. Put the phone down. It's by the, the, the it's by the artist that died in the t terrorist attack in France. Huh? It is. Oh, the grizzled. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> no, no. no, that can't. What do you mean? No, that's so unfair. Well, he literally explained it to me, and that's I guessed so it. Unfair. No, 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 no. I no. think it's it's not. This game is about guessing games. I think it's not, it's not about. I think it's clear that Byron won. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, I, can tell I knew the game see? from the clue. First of all, first name. of all, he only tied me because we literally gave up my point, even though Dima heard that I said it before Byron on my side. I don't know about on Byron's side. So I guessed it without Byron. And somehow I got robbed of that. Then I guessed the second one and you want to give it to Byron. But you guessed the second one because Byron guessed it. No, Byron described it. Okay, so we, 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 tied, we, we tied for first. We didn't tie. I won twice. Okay. Elias won, okay. He can place an asterisk there, but... Okay. No, no okay. asterisk. I'm, I'm the people's champion, at least. Did I not guess it before hearing Byron? Correct. So you should have awarded the three points to all three of us. That's exactly. All exactly. Which so means if I, I win. had exactly. That's it. So 
technically, I would say without the tie-breaking round. And, and I'm Elliot sorry, wins. go fuck yourself. <laughs> but the game about the dude who got a terrorist attack in France <laughs> is not the grizzled. This is a board game podcast. How many times do I have to say that? The winner is the one who guessed the mother fucking board game. That's how this works. It's okay. I'll just have an asterisk next to your name for this one. There's it's no fine. fucking asterisk. <laughs> I won twice. Yeah, you did it. Asterisk. <laughs> <laughs> and that was <laughs> reminds me of the silver screen I don't know game why show of the week. <laughs> Did you guys hear that? Did you guys hear that? The, actually, last no? last time I heard the whole song, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even the intro was there. So this time I'm not sure what I'm hearing. <laughs> Elias won. I don't know why he's so upset about winning. He, he wanted to win without any help. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is why the recording is two hours, 30 minutes. <laughs> I'm just not gonna release this episode. I'm just <laughs> an apology tweet. Okay, guys, welcome to another Hippocratic Corner. <laughs> Some people are like cheering. <laughs> <laughs> Some people are more competitive than other people, but some people like to cooperate with other people. That was good. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that made me happy. That was good. <laughs> so that's uh, our topic in this Hippocratic Corner. I want you to tell me your top three co-op games of all time. Who wants to go first? I'll go first, just so that Elias can, can <laughs> think about his list. He needs a bit more time on it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Let's go with uh, Byron. That well, well, I don't want Byron to go first because you're going to say I copied his list. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Elias, go Byron. first. No, no, let Byron go. Oh, no, no, Elias, you better go first. You won the game show, so. All right, fine. Dima, go first. <laughs> okay, so my top three... <laughs> Um, I, today I pulled an EPO and uh, I couldn't pick three, so I picked four. <laughs> I have a tie for my number three. Okay, guys, there's nothing I could do about it. Okay. So we'll help at you. my number three. Okay, M may we be the tiebreakers? You haven't played either. We can vote. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> at number three, I have both Renegade and Aeon's End. I don't think my number one is going to be a surprise to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, my number three, basically. Do you want me to be the tiebreaker? No, sure. <laughs> okay. For you, you can be the tiebreaker for you as which is your. Renegade is superior. It'll be a tiebreaker that he wins. Objectively. <laughs> okay. Um, the reason why I picked these two co-op games is because in general, I'm not a co-op person. And um, in comparison to pandemic or seventh continent um 
where you're all sort of making decisions together as to what to reveal or what decisions to make or what step to take. And these two games, each player has their hand of cards and plays their character or their actions that contribute to the larger game. Um, and so these are my number three. Aeon's End, you add cards to your deck and then play them as part of the adventure. We've reviewed these two games before. And Renegade, you're trying to defeat the AI. It's interesting and you, you picked two two deck building games that are very different. So Aeon's End, you actually buy cards and add like a traditional deck building game. But Renegade has the deck building thing of when you getting a card, you're also losing a yeah, card. Yeah, you give up your so card. So your, card, your deck always stays at 15 cards. Yeah, so. but you just get more powerful cards. Yeah. So that's my number three. My number two, as you all know, I like storytelling in games. And so my number two co-op is Banner Saga. It, we've already discussed it before, but I, can, I don't know why Ipo's making that face. I consider it a co-op because <laughs> we're all on an adventure together. The storytelling is not so strong element of this game, I think. Yeah, you feel like you're... Like the decision making is part of the story, I find. So every card gives you a decision that you guys vote on and decide mm -hmm. on. So you really feel like you're on that journey together of whether you should keep the food or let it go or save the workers or let them die, etc. So that part I like, which I don't feel in a lot of co-ops like Eldritch Horror, Robinson Crusoe, just a lot of those games have individual cards which give you blurbs yeah blurbs like a story in itself but not it's just a random spot in this big picture and my number one game of all time wait wait wait, wait 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 oh wait, yeah wait. you guys want to guess <laughs> <laughs> let's all say it together consulting detective the murder of Thames and other stories. <laughs> <laughs> That's my top three, guys. No surprise there. Yeah, that was a wonderful top three, Dima. Four. <laughs> so who wants to go next? I'll go next. Like Dima, I also have a top four. What? <laughs> I'm the only one that made a top three. No, Ipo made a top 16. <laughs> and the only reason this is in fourth place is because it starts as a co-op co and then becomes something completely different thereafter. And that is Betrayal on the House of the Hill. Ugh, trash game. And mm -hmm. Only when conditions are met, does someone become a betrayer. Till then, your group of friends running around a castle together, exploring, having fun. It's called Betrayal on House on the Hill. No, it's Betrayal on the Castle, Elias. <laughs> What is a castle? Just a big house. <laughs> it's a trash game, though. <laughs> and that's what's in fourth. In number three, it's Robinson Crusoe. Oh, nice. It's a very tough survival co-op where you're on an island and you are forced to survive through any means necessary. And sometimes your friends can just leave you in the dirt and you can die. <laughs> so, great, great way to spend your evening. Number two for me... It's Flashpoint. Really? It's not a great game. I'll give it that. But it's easy enough that you're like, cool, I'm just going to move my fireman in. I'm going to put out this fire. Okay, cool, I'll save this cat. 
Okay, it's it's a very chill Sunday afternoon. Yeah, chill Sunday afternoon of putting out fires. <laughs> okay, we can't we can't all have exciting day jobs, Elias. <laughs> and number one, with no surprise, everyone can say it together for me. It's Seventh Continent. Seventh Continent. Yeah. I've spoken quite at length about this game before, and I don't have to say anything more. It's a good top four if we were doing a top four. <laughs> <laughs> well, the top three was good. The fourth one was... I think your top three was good. I think you should just have cut out Betrayal at House yeah, what, on the Castle. Why do you need a, a fourth <laughs> game in the top three? Just Especially in case there's a tiebreaker and I'm going to lose the tiebreaker. Oh, so. I see. All right. yeah. Okay, guys, I'm going to go third because I'm the third person who has a top four. The oh, my God. Oh, amazing. <laughs> it, it's funny that uh, Dima mentioned that, that I have a top 16. Actually, I counted that I have a top 20. I have 20. Oh, oh my, my gosh. God. I have 20 co-op games that I have played and uh, I literally... I placed them in order and I came up with the top three. The problem is that in my third place, I had Dead of Winter. Uh, That's a good third place. Why is that a problem? The problem is that I don't really consider it a co-op game. If there is a traitor there, Betrayer. Yeah. it's not really the same thing as a co-op game. Maybe it should be a different category. So that's why, mm -hmm. because I didn't want this asterisk in my top three. Fuck you. <laughs> 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 uh, I have as my number three game, Kitchen Rush. Interesting. Oh, Kitchen okay. Rush, it's, it's an excellent, I like. it's an excellent that's game. That's really high. You have, uh, you use timers to, as your uh, workers in a restaurant. And it's a real-time, messy co-op game. I had really great time playing with my family and with you guys also. Uh, my number two is Dimas number one, Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective, Yay! The Tames Murders. <laughs> uh, we have, uh, I was wondering how you knew the title. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Although but, you did say the murder of Thames, uh, and not the Thames murders <laughs> and other stories. <laughs> so it's a wonderful uh, and famous game that everybody should play. And everybody, let me guess. Let me guess. Your number one is Time Stories, oh and everybody knows my number one is Pandemic pan Legacy. Pandemic Legacy. Yeah, I understand. Season Solid one. four out of ten. <laughs> season one because I have not played season two. I don't want to say this now because they're gonna say that they're they're gonna say I copied it. <laughs> My number three is Kitchen Ranch. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Your number two is Sherlock yeah. Holmes. No. My number two is Too Many Bones. Okay. Any guesses on my number one other than Dima who can see it on the screen? Sherlock right Holmes. No. Sherlock, uh, Virgin Queen. <laughs> <laughs> the mind. My number one is Gloomhaven. Gloomhaven. Oh, yeah. I would never have guessed that. <laughs> Just like you would never have guessed the grizzled. <laughs> <laughs> so that brings us to the end of this tabletop session. Thank you for listening. Please check out our very active Instagram account at Tabletop Sessions. You can reach us through Twitter at TT Sessions QA or join the conversation over at our Board Game Geek Guild. And you can find the link to all of these in the episode description. 
please rate us on iTunes or on Apple Podcasts, or rate us through your Android podcast app of choice. We'll be back in three weeks, and until then, to quote one of my favorite writers, God damn it, you've got to be kind. Say bye, guys. Bye, guys. Bye, everyone. Tabletop, top. Tabletop, tabletop. Tabletop, top. Table, tabletop. Table, tabletop. Table, tabletop. My name is Elias, and with me this week, it's three, three, and three, who Voltron their asses together to form a rombie cute... Fuck you, who put their fucking cursor in the middle of the word? <laughs> it, was, it wasn't me. The Roman virus. It was me. Stop <laughs> 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 Is your name Elias? Shut up. <laughs> Everyone silent. <laughs> okay. Right. Oh, okay. Okay. My name is Elias, and with me this week it's three. Oh my god. Oh, all right. <sighs> <sighs>